I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Finally got to the point where I came home one day and I said, bugger it, I've just got to do it now or I'm never going to do it. G'day and welcome to this week's segment of Farm Yarns where we dive behind the audio to find out who inspires our guests, what motivates them, what they would like to debunk, and also what resources they lean on to get the most out of their agri-business. So let's get down to it, Farm Yarns. Well, Ben, we had you on earlier on in the week, and coming into the back end of the favourite segment of Farm Yarns, well, my favourite segment anyway, and hopefully it's having some impact of changing it up and doing a little bit different sort of content. We've gone through agribusiness, off-farm investing, how that may work for the listeners that are tuning in today, but also to that episode. But people also want to know about the person behind the audio and the bloke, the financial bloke. Who is he? What are his experiences? And where has he learned from the resources or books he's leaned on? And who inspires him? So welcome to Farm Yarns. Appreciate it, Jack. Beautiful. So let's get cracking into it. What does your morning routine look like for Ben? Well, the early bird gets the worm. So I usually get up somewhere between uh, 5 and 5.30. I usually head off to the gym. Uh, and on the days I don't go off to the gym to do a bit of exercise, I'll generally sit down and read for a little while. Yep. Um, and it's normally um, some sort of stoic or philosophy or some sort of personal development type book. All too good. Is it a home gym or is it like a gym that you pay for? No, no, I, I get out and go off to the gym in the morning, um, gets me out of the house, uh, in, in, go down to the local gym and do that. And then after I've come back and had some breakfast, I get to spend a fair bit of time and walk my daughter to school, which is just across the road, which is the greatest part of my day. Great stuff. Well, I don't think I've heard anyone have a sleep in on the podcast yet. I'd be interested in whoever comes up first with that. They might get flagged down for it. But for yourself, in 60 seconds, tell us about your first memory you had on farm. It may be your own farm or someone else's. Yeah, uh, probably the the one of the earliest memories I have, uh, Jack, is is I used to ride horses when I was a little kid, but I had an accident when I was quite young, uh, stacked it off the horse, and then became allergic to horses all of a sudden. So it was some sort of um, psychosomatic thing, and I'm still very allergic to them to this day. And I remember sitting on the front of the horse with my dad going mustering, 
Um, I must have been three or four and I ended up with terrible asthma and huge allergies. And my dad sat me on a gatepost and went off and mustered the paddock and came back. Um, and I just clearly remember sitting on that fence post thinking, what the bloody hell am I doing? <laughs> What's that allergy? Is it touching them or is it being around them? Being around them, mate. Yeah, so anything to do with horses. Um, so touching them, smelling them, any of those sorts of things. I tried my guts out to break myself out of it, um, but it just didn't work. A shame, definitely. Um, but for yourself, through your different life experiences, who's been the most influential for you? The older generation, Jack. Um, I have a very much an affinity with the older generation. I think there's a lot we can learn. Um, so I've always listened to older people than me. Um, probably some of them back in the day were as old as me now, but I think there's a lot to be learned. And my dad used to take me to bull sales, um, to, to the sale yards, to, to, to shows with the bulls. Yep. And he used to sit me down with the old, old guys that were there and he used to say, have a chat with them and ask them what they do if they had their time again. And I still do that to this day. So I say the older generation has been very influential on me. Um, and I think there's a lot we can learn, especially from the, the generation that's the generations that are extremely old now that went through some very, very tough times and were very stoic. 100%. And I'm hoping to punch through that and actually get some information out there and the collectiveness of these um, the baby boomers are even older within agriculture, especially they've got so much knowledge, probably locked up to them, or they've just told their innate sort of family groups um, about their own experiences, but how we can learn through cross sector and from different families across the board as well. Works really well. But we may, we may have touched on this previously about debunking a few myths within investing and farming, but what's one that you'd like to debunk today? Uh, simple is better. I think that's the number one uh, lesson that I learned when I was investing yep. is uh, complexity is the enemy. Absolutely. I think that's a great one. Um, people probably think about it and make it too more complex than it really needs to be and stripping it down to what it is. The Barefoot Investor was a great one um, to kickstart Australian young people into investing um, and just stripping it back and making it less complicated. Absolutely. Less moving parts, the better off you are, the less it can break. And every time I saw someone lose a lot of money or money when it came to investing, it was because there was complexities they didn't either didn't understand or didn't understand the issues if something went or what would happen if something went wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Can agree with that. Um, for yourself, how do you look at risk in life and also work? It's a really interesting one, Jack. I'm naturally a risk tolerant person. Um, you know, my natural uh, way of dealing is to be less, more risk averse than most people. But what I've learned over time is that the quite often the biggest risk in your life is doing nothing. Um, and there comes a point in your life where you've got to back yourself. And I remember the first time I did that was when I started my own business. Uh, for years, people have been saying, Ben, just go start your own business. You know, you've got all the skills, you know what to do. And I was nervous about doing it. And I remember finally got to the point where I came home one day and I said, bugger it, I've just got to do it now or I'm never going to do it. And I think where that came from, Jack, is I've had the absolute privilege of talking to a number of people on their deathbed or very close to death. And what I can tell you, they all pretty much have said is, Ben, if I had my time again, I would have taken more risk. Okay. And so most of them regret the things they haven't done than the things they have done. So for me, I force myself to take the right risks and get outside my comfort zone. And I think that's really important. 
Yeah, I think that's a bit of a good one. I've got like my bucket list of risks. Um, going overseas and living over there for a fair bit was probably one of my biggest. Um, it turned out really well in the end, other than COVID and getting spat back into ag, which is probably the best outcome that could have happened at the time. Um, but for yourself, within your work, your personal sort of ambitious goals, what would you want to be remembered as? So I've thought about this a lot. And when you have a health scare, like I did when I had the the suspected heart problems and you make a massive change in your life, you start to think about, well, what's my legacy? What do I want to be known for? And for me, um, and hence a big driver behind the financial bloke, it's about education. I want to be known as someone that impact people's lives through education, because I think if with education, um, it will improve people's lives substantially. And I'm not talking about formal education as in schools and universities. I'm talking about wisdom. With wisdom and education, your life can change. And for me, I look at now, if, if I knew what I knew, sorry, if my dad knew what I knew now, um, my life would have turned out a whole lot differently. Now, I don't, I, that's in no way, shape or form his fault. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a common theme, but I look, if I can go out in the world now and educate and help and, and coach and change, I, I can change the fortunes of the next generation coming through. Beautifully well put. You touched on this one in the previous episode that we did the full episode, but if you could go back and educate your 18 year old self, what would you, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, my mother would hope I'd say, Jack, uh, listen to your mother. Uh, <laughs> look, um, I, I think there's, there's two points to that. I think the first one would be follow what, what interests you. Yeah. Um, I think I got, uh, like a lot of kids, we're, we're taught to chase what makes sense sometimes. And, and I've, I followed a path for a period of time of doing what I thought was the right thing to do, not what I was passionate about. Now I'm doing what I'm passionate about. It's changed my life. But I think do that and back yourself. You know, you've got to back yourself and take the risk and and do it because mate, you, you just see people when they get to the end of their lives or they get really old and you just see how they, they look back over their life and go, I wish I had of, and there's got to be a point in time. And I can tell you, I have, once you get a mortgage and once you get kids, choice just evaporates. So yeah, back yourself and, and get cracking early, son. Start now, a little bit of a trend coming through on your episodes, Ben. Yep. Um, but being a previous financial advisor, I was keen to get this one into the wraps. If you won $10 million, what would you be investing in? What would I be investing in? Mate, I'd be investing in the Land Cruiser model. Off. Nothing would change from what I'm doing now. I'd just be sticking it in my Land Cruiser investment portfolio. And mate, I'd be not spending any of it. I'd be spending the income that comes off it. And it'd probably be on experiences. So I, I have no, like, I'm not worried about things anymore. Yep. I don't need, I'm not a flashy person. So I don't need flashy, expensive things. I love experiences. So I'd probably go buy, um, get my airplane license and be able to fly back and back and forward to the farm and fly around Australia. I think it'd be what I'd spend the income of that off. We've got 10 million. You may as well go straight to it and jump into the helicopter. Uh, oh, yeah. Land a bit easier as well. You don't need an airstrip. Yeah, very true. Um, and touching on it, we may already know it from your allergy to horses, but what's your biggest fear, do you think? Yeah, so uh, just, to, just to clarify, I'm not scared of horses, um, just allergic to them. Uh, look, uh, my deepest fear is I won't be enough. 
I think, think that's deep seated within me. Um, when I ran my business, I was a perfectionist. Um, I used to spend all my time thinking, how can I make my clients lives better? How can I add more value? My, everything I do is about adding more value. And so my deepest fear is I won't be enough. And I would dovetail that down is I will, I will not be enough for my daughter. But it all, that can also be flipped around to be your key driver as well. It, it is, but yeah, yeah. And look, um, I, I've said this publicly many times, but um, I'm very much a perfectionist and I'm very, very driven. Uh, I really am. And my wife said to me when I had the heart scare, she goes, the problem is, Ben, is um, what it feels like is the business gets the best of you and we get the, we get the scraps. And that was one of the big reasons that I decided to, to make a big change in my life is I have a daughter, which took, I was told I was never able to have children. And after four years of IVF and near on a hundred thousand dollars, we got one. Um, and she's the, the oh, everything. And yeah, I want to spend time with her. Amazing. And good to see the outcome at the end of that. I actually, mm. One of my housemates in England was an IVF nurse. So it was very interesting to hear some of the stories. Um, the celebrities even, of course, being in London, there's a fair few getting about there, but also like the success. And I never knew IVF, what happened. I thought it was just a once-off sort of meeting, done and dusted. If it sort of happens, it happens, but it's a full-on process that you have to go through more than the seven steps we spoke about. Absolutely. And, and, it's, and it's a great conversation. If I ever run into someone and we have a few beers, it's a great conversation to tell people over beers because every time I tell them the story, they all go, oh my God, I can't believe that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun story to tell. Yeah, absolutely. And I think my housemate would be amazed that I've dwindled her into an agricultural sort of podcast. So that'd be good. Um, but moving on, how can we actually better be better investors as farmers? Yep. Uh, so I'd say uh, do it. Most people don't take action. They don't do it and they don't be consistent. So whatever you decide to do, I don't care what you do. Just do something and be consistent. Short and sweet. I love it. Um, tongue twister coming up. If you weren't doing what you're doing, what would you be doing? Well, it, 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 if I got the $10 million, <laughs> <laughs> look, look, if, if the, the stars have aligned, I'd be a, I'd be a grazier. Um, that's the reality. Um, but unfortunately, the stars didn't align in that way. And, and I'm very comfortable with that. The way my life's turned out, I'm okay. But if I wasn't doing that, that's probably what I'd be doing, Jack. Well, I think you've come a long way. I've had a similar journey to you going across to London. So if I pan out half as good as what you have, things are looking up from here. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how I go. <laughs> Absolutely. But something that I like to learn from, um, what I learn from may be different to what others learn from, but what sort of resource do you lean on to if you're looking for new information? You talked about that sort of wisdom. Where do you get this wisdom from? Podcasts. Podcast. Um, uh, my wife calls herself a podcast widow. I listen to a lot of podcasts in from all different areas. Um, I, love, I love wisdom type podcasts, yeah. stoicism. I listen to a lot of obviously investment and family preparing heirs, um, intergenerational wealth transfer. I, I do a lot of that. Um, so yeah, podcast is the number one way I learn. Yeah, I think it's the best way as well. On the go and ready to listen to wherever. And it's also free and accessible. What's so great for sort of any industry as well. Absolutely. And and the, the tip I always give people is listen to stuff that you wouldn't normally listen to. It's really good to do that because it changes perspective on the world. And I sit on the lawnmower, I'm in the car, I go to the gym. I'd much rather ingest something that's interesting than, than waffle. I think my partner, girlfriend would say that she's a podcast widow as well. 
Um, but also, I'd like to meet your wife. She sounds pretty funny on the back end. <laughs> for yourself, you must have read a few books in your time. What's a book recommendation that you can give us before you go? Daily Stoic. The Daily Stoic. Um, it's uh, so. I've spent a lot of my time over my life reading, uh, obviously with a whole lot of study I've done. I don't like reading necessarily. So this is just a really simple book. Uh, you know, I've got a, a shelf of the important ones like the Think and Grow Rich, um, Lombardi Rules, um, The 4-Hour Workweek. Uh, another one's Tuesdays with Mori, but number one is The Daily Stoic. It's just a simple um, book and you read one page a day and it's just based on the wisdoms of the the stoics such as marcus aurelius seneca epictetus etc um from probably back in the greek and roman days so i find that's really good it's just a little one page i read and i even read it to my six-year-old so we'll have breakfast and she'll say hey daddy can you read the daily stoic and i read it out to her and she goes, what does that mean? And we have a beautiful conversation um, about some of the, the wisdom from years gone by. So, yeah, I, I love that. Unreal. Get, it, get them started nice and early. She might have a better portfolio than you soon. Oh, she already does. Um, I've, I've, I've talked about that a long time. I set one up when she started and, and I did a whole episode on how, how I've, um, I'm teaching her about money and investing. It's quite a, quite a fun path. Absolutely. That's unreal. I'm actually trying to grow my... Um, my bookshelf behind me. I've always, I've never like liked reading books and farmers would be the first one to say, no, I don't read books. What are they for? Um, but reading is a great way to get some new knowledge out there and ha have a dig into what other lives out there, bibliographies or the sort of personal development books are good ones out there as well. They are, they are. And and if you can't read, um, you don't want to sit there and read, it's hard, um, is uh, get the audio book. It's yeah. just as good. Yeah, second best thing. Well, Ben, thank you very much for coming on to Farm Yarns. I think we've gotten to know you a fair bit more from your understanding of the world, your experiences, um, your allergies now as well and how that plays out. So thank you very much for coming on to Farm Yarns. No, really appreciate it. And yeah, hopefully I'll short and sharp as you needed. You can't actually see what I'm wearing for every conversation, but... Be sure I'm wearing a Farms of Ice Green, as I like to call it, kindly supplied by Stockman & Co. By the farmers for the land. Jason and the team over there do a stellar job, so check them out at stockmanandco.com. Get some quality work shirts, footy shorts, hats and more for this summer. Make sure you use the discount code that they supplied just for Farms of Ice listeners. Farms of Ice, 10. Make sure you get into it. Thank you for tuning in to the Farms Advice podcast. It is produced by Advert Your Eyes Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the Farms Advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms of Ice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.